Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships, and maybe a little bit about swinging, and hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters. Matters, and we all deserve it. We sure are. So, are you excited about the thought of getting into the swinging lifestyle, hoping it will allow you to expand your sexual horizon, but maybe worried that your partner might not have the same attitude? Perhaps you might be more inclined to give it a try if you can get more guidance about how to get it right. Well, on today's show, we're going to discuss why some couples thrive in the lifestyle while others struggle as we get some tips and tricks about the things that you can do that will make the difference towards a successful swinging experience. We sure are, but before that, let us tell you about our top waterproof blanket because everybody should continue to have great sex now more than ever. But if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof and guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils to silicone lubes or any other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't even have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does, and so does today's show. You know we're Carol and David. You know this is the Sexy Lifestyle, and we are so excited to introduce today's special guest. Dr. Rhoda Lipscomb is an author and sexuality coach specializing in areas of alternative sexuality like polyamory, swinging, and designer relationships. She sure is, and I think she might be a swinger like we are as well, but we're going to find out all about her in a few minutes. Welcome, Dr. Rhoda. Thanks for taking time out of your day and joining us on The Sexy Lifestyle. Thank you, Carol and David. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, we are too. And we know this is going to be an amazing show. Why don't you start um, by talking a little bit about yourself and how you got to this point in your career? Well, sure. I'd love to. Um, you know, I people sometimes ask me, how did I get to this place of, you know, becoming a sex therapist and a coach and, and especially working with areas like alternative sexuality? Um, and, you know, obviously that's not your typical college major. And it's it's really been quite a journey. It's been about 28 years of uh, working in the field of human sexuality, uh, with the last 14 being in private practice, um, and really starting to specialize in the areas of, of things like kinks and fetishes and BDSM, uh, as well as swinging polyamory designer relationships and all of that. Um, it, so it's been quite a journey, and I, I really love it. And the last few years, I've been I've been trying to do more of of really focusing. I, I published a book uh, called No More Hiding: Permission to Love Your Sexual Self uh, back in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, which is really a guide for people who, you know, I really found that there was this need with a lot of people I saw that they they came in and they they were interested in these various things and. They just weren't sure if it was okay to even try to talk to their spouse about wanting to do them. You know, was it okay? Was there something wrong with them for even having these thoughts and desires? Um, and so I realized that there was, these people needed some guidance on uh, not only kind of some permission on being able to say, yes, this is okay. You, people do these things and they do them in a healthy manner um, and in a successful manner and, and they have successful lives, uh, but also kind of how to go about, how do you talk to somebody about this? How do you talk to your spouse? Um, how do you even know whether or not it's uh, your spouse is the right person who, who may be open to these kinds of things? Right. Um, and which then led me to 
a couple years ago, um, creating a, an online training program for people in open relationships to be able to learn how to do this well. Um, because there, I've seen so many people, because my husband and I have been in an open marriage for about 12 years now, um, as well as the work that I do. And I've seen just from friends, from acquaintances uh, of so many people that you know, they, they want to do it. They, they have all the right tools to get involved. And yet some people do it well and some people are just absolute train wrecks. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of curious as to what caused some people to do well and other people not to. So I've really spent a bunch of, a lot of time studying it, trying to figure out um, and, and you know, Rhoda, what it is. And as well, yes. I just want to preface what, what you're I saying, and we're going to get into the who, what, when, where's, and why's in a little bit. Sure. But I think it's important to tell everybody out there that an open relationship, uh, swinging, is for a couple or for people who are in a strong relationship. If, you, if you're in a relationship that's broken, you have a bad sex life, you're not communicating well, you're, you're not getting along, this is not an alley or a venue that you should even consider um, uh, going into. And generally speaking, yes. Now, there can be exceptions to the rule, but most of the time, I would say yes. If... It, especially if you don't have a good solid foundation as a couple, mm-hmm. um, th- this is not going to fix it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and I often say that. I, I often say that opening up your relationship will not um, destroy a marriage that has a good foundation and it will not uh, save a marriage that has a cracked foundation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, we're going to be getting into a lot yeah. about the lifestyle itself, the swinging lifestyle, um, as well as, you know, some of the other things that you talk about. But what I, I think I'd like to start with, like, what exactly is the lifestyle? People don't understand that term uh, at all. And so what, what I would like you to do is really explain what is a lifestyle and perhaps what it's not. Sure. Yeah. Well, and it is confusing for people because there's so many terms these days. Um, and you hear a lot of people talking about you know, um, swinging, the lifestyle, uh, consensual non-monogamy, all these various terms. And and so it can be very confusing. Um, And generally, you know, swinging the lifestyle is basically the same thing. It's the the thing that I always like to tell people of, of how you know the difference between things like the lifestyle or polyamory is that the, the lifestyle is generally more about couples who have a commitment to only each other, their emotional commitment. They're, they're really only in love with each other. They're, that's their person. That's the person they want to spend their life with, um, grow old with. Um, but they enjoy having additional sexual partners mm-hmm. as opposed to polyamory where you may have more than one committed partner who you're in love with as well as have other sexual partners. So that's really the big core difference between the two is that with the lifestyle, people are not in love with all of the various people they're having sex with. They're, they may cons- refer to them as friends, uh, playmates. I mean, there's all friends with benefits. There's all sorts of different terms people refer to their, their other sexual partners. Uh, but the person that they're, committed to is that is that one person they may be married to they may be living with and that's that's really the big difference to to kind of determine the two and the non-monogamy is really only in a sexual context that they're still a monogamous emotionally monogamous but in the sexual context that's when they are non-monogamous right yeah well and one of the things I, I learned at the beginning of my um, doctoral program, I have a PhD in clinical sexology. And uh, at this point in time, when I was studying that, my husband and I were already uh, in an open in an open marriage. And technically, most of us use the term monogamy incorrectly. Oh, okay. Uh, because by the actual definition, monogamy means that you're only legally married to one person. Oh. It really doesn't... Um, talk about what how many people you're having sex with, mm-hmm. uh, but 
over the years, people have made the assumption that if you're only legally married to one person, well, therefore, you're only having sex with one person. And so it's kind of come to that over the years. Um, yeah, so he, he really found it funny after my one of my first days of class, and I called him up up and said, honey, you'll never guess what we are monogamous. <laughs> He's kind of no like, what? Um, how much have you had to drink today? Yeah. What have you been drinking? Uh, <laughs> and I think one of the main points with those dis- those definitions that you gave that the, all of this is consensual, that they are talk, couples talk about what they're going to do, right. they agree on what they're going to do. And it's totally with each other's consent and knowledge. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's a big part that like, this is not cheating. Um, I, I one time had somebody come into my office wanting me to teach him how he could be polyamorous, but he didn't want his wife to know anything about it. And like, <laughs> and I had to explain to him that like, that's not polyamory. That's not the lifestyle that's cheating. And that's I don't, cheating, you know, yes. like, I don't know people how to do that. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Right. Exactly. And no, that was very good saying what it is and what it isn't. And one of the big questions that everybody has, and I know we get asked it all the time, is why do swingers swing? You know, that's it. that is an excellent question. And I, I think, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that probably hundreds and thousands of years ago, we didn't have these kind of strict ways of thinking about relationships that if you were emotionally committed to someone, it meant that you never had sex with anyone else. Um, And over time, that has sort of become the expectation. Uh, But it's not necessarily always the way that human nature and human sexuality works for most people. Um, I do believe there are a few people who um, really are in that kind of mindset of once they're involved with one person, they really don't have any desire to be sexual with anyone else. Mm-hmm. I think there are a certain percentage of people who are that way. Um, but I don't think that's most of us. I think most of us, even though we might love and, and be committed to someone, we still have that urge. Uh, we still see people we think are attractive. And, you know, I, I know I struggled with this when I was in my 20s and 30s, long before I ever got into this. Mm-hmm that I'd be in relationships with somebody I, I really loved them and cared about them, but that didn't mean they were the only man I wanted to have sex right. with. Yeah. Um, and I and I would see other guys who I thought, oh, you'd be really interesting for an hour. Um, but I didn't want to run off with them. I just thought it'd be fun for an hour or two. <laughs> um, and really the thought best. there was something wrong with me. Well, that's the best of both worlds about the swinging lifestyle is you get to have that committed well, relationship you just, you just and the see security. Someone. And you say, I just want to fuck them. Yeah. And you can go up to them. I mean, let's shout out to uh, Miss Lynn from theswingercruise.com. I mean, we've been on cruises. Uh, Rhoda, you've been there as well. And, and yeah. in an environment like that, you can go up to someone and say, wow, you're beautiful. You want to go to the playroom and fuck? And you go, you do it for an hour, and you you're go done. back to the bar. <laughs> or you go back to dinner. I mean, that's the coolest thing about being in the lifestyle. Right. And, and uh, you meet these people and you, you can act upon those, those urges of, I have this really strong sexual chemistry with this person and I can't explain it, but that doesn't mean I want to run off with them, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and now have an entire life with them. And, and that's one of the things that people certainly need to realize as they're getting into this is, um, particularly those people who've maybe been together since high school or college and they don't have a lot of experience dating or with other, you know, relationships. And and they still kind of have that almost teenage mindset of, oh, well, if I have really strong sexual desire for someone, I I must be in love with them and I want to run off and Mm-hmm. leave my partner yeah. for them and that isn't that isn't the case right we've had we've had doctor right. we've had dr ziggy on our show and he is a world renowned uh, uh, researcher on the lifestyle and he explained to us on one of our shows um, really what the the reason people swing is and, and carol describes it it was best. based on a survey that he did and basically he the final answer is that people like variety and the main the number one main reason that he found in his research was for the variety which causes excitement and which makes things not stale anymore and spices it up and that's really what he found in in his surveys i would agree with that yeah i i have a facebook group 
uh, for this that I use, and I I had um, asked them a, kind of a poll of what would be the word they would use to describe why they want to be in this type of lifestyle. And then the num the two top choices were both variety and freedom. Mm-hmm. There you go. That kind exactly. of that sexual freedom as well as that sexual variety. And I, I would totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. And one um, of the things that you you mentioned earlier is that the type of people that you said that most people have those urges that might want to fuck somebody else, or they might be looking at another, another person's body and feeling sexual excitement. But of course, not everybody can or wants to act on those urges. So who would you say would be uh, in the dem- demographics, who would be a typical swinger? Oh, that's an excellent question. I would say, as I've looked at the people I've known over the years, you know, the people I've met, uh, typical swingers tend to be you know, a little bit higher educated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've they've gotten a little bit more education than maybe the average person. Um, they tend to be risk takers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to be people who are entrepreneurs. Um, or in professions where uh, they really have to go out on a limb and take risks more often. Um, you see that there's a lot of firefighters, a lot of nurses, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of executives, teachers. business owners. And, and public well, figures. Teachers, They're yeah. used to being in the public areas. Right. Public arenas, someone who's confident um, as well. People who are fairly confident, they generally... Um, take pretty good care of themselves um, and they like variety in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they, they may do more extreme sports. They ski, they um, ride motorcycles, they like to travel. They, they're not your kind of typical average will settle for the, a nine to five job in an office, uh, the same mundane thing over and over. Mm-hmm. What's very, what's uh, I very- think that's probably one of the, What's very interesting with what you just said is we've been swingers for 12, 13 years now, and it's so cool to talk to people, and and we're into lifestyle because of the people. Yes, we have great sex, and I love eating different pussies, and Carol loves sucking different cocks, sometimes all of them at the same time, but you know, we're into lifestyle to meet people, to make friends, and what we've noticed is there are some hardcore swingers who go out and fuck Every Saturday night, they have a different couple. They are going to a different orgy. They're going to a different house party. And then there's people we meet at on the cruises, at Hedonism, at Desire, who do it just once a year. And it's their treat. It's their escape from reality. And um, do you also notice that some people do it in different levels, different degrees of extremism? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And... A lot, a lot of what I've noticed, I was talking with the owner of um, one of the large uh, swing clubs that's here in the Denver area called the Scarlet Ranch. And um, we were talking about kind of that sort of thing. And, and he was noticing that people tend to, there tend to be these different levels that you have people who get into it and they're, and they're in their first year or two. And, Oh, they're they're every Saturday night. They're out and they're they're meeting different people and they're like you said, they're going to the different orgies and they're having different couples and different people and different experiences. And it's like they've they've let uh, the genie out of the bottle mm-hmm. and they want to experience mm-hmm. everything all at once. Um, and then the ones who make it to like three years and beyond really stay in it because they become part of the community. Mm-hmm. They love the people that they meet in the lifestyle. They love the interactions and the discussions as well as the sex. Like the sex is a great part of it, but it's not what keeps them there after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's those people that they meet. Uh, you know, I mean, we've been on probably five cruises so far over the last few years. And we know people that we see on multiple cruises and it, it, we're just so happy to see them every time and you know some of them we will have great sex with in the playroom and others we just we just enjoy talking to them we'll go to dinner with them we'll hang out at the bar hang out by the pool right it's, 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 kind, so, it's kind of like you found your tribe and that these people are like-minded and exactly. you feel like you've known them forever kind of thing but it's funny because uh, two two bliss cruises ago there was a couple that we met on the alaskan cruise and we just didn't have a chance to play with them and they knew we were going to be on the cruise they found us 
And before we even left port, we were in their room fucking. And we were having a great time. We had like 30 minutes to muster. And then all of a sudden we're going. I'm down on her. I'm licking her pussy. And the, the siren goes off for muster. And she's like, don't you dare stop. And we finished. We got the muster late. But um, that's what it is. We had a couple. We met them. We had this. They had this, this reason to get to us first before um, they missed us because on the cruises with 4,000 people, you can see someone one day and not see them for the rest of the trip. And oh, I um, know. we just had a great time. And then, of course, after muster, we went back to their room and continued. <laughs> but it's just so cool how it's, hey, Carol, hey, David, you know, we missed you on the Alaska cruise. You want to come fuck in our cabin now? And we were there <laughs> yeah, 10 minutes later. That was really a lot of fun. <laughs> Let's just hold that thought for a second and let's just remind everybody that we are Carol and David and we're talking with sexuality coach Dr. Rhoda Lipscomb all about the swinging lifestyle and we'll be right back after this short message. So let's just talk about topless travel right now and all the amazing trip that we have for next plan for next year. Absolutely. Topless travel is the best. They have the coolest host couples and the best trips. And so if, if you're looking for the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever, then you simply must book with topless travel from Hedonism 2 in Jamaica, where Rachel has been. And we're going to talk about it in a minute. And Desire in Cancun to all the Bliss Cruise experiences. Topless travel needs to be your number one choice. Yeah, their trips and events are all about the people and their sexy fun experiences so let's just shout out to those sexy host couples including chelsea and mark uh, who are there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation absolutely and we're on um a whole bunch of topless travels trips but listen up the one that we're really looking forward to is the sexy silver full takeover at desire pearl october 16th to 23rd 2022 we're going to be broadcasting our podcast live from there rooms are absolutely selling out quickly so go on to toplesstravel.com and book now come and join us for a week and we would absolutely love to meet you in person yeah, and if you want some more information about their trips or any topless travel event, you can also go to thesexylifestyle.com and click on the topless travel events link so you can book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. Ever, ever, ever. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And now let's get back to our show with sexuality coach, Dr. Rhoda, as we continue our discussions about the swinging lifestyle and how to navigate the transition from monogamy to non-monogamy. Right, and... Uh, Dr. Rhoda, I keep getting these questions over and over. You know, we, we have a big social media program. I don't have a private group like you do on Facebook, but I do entertain as many questions as I can in a day. And one of the most common questions that I get is, how can I get my partner into the lifestyle? Uh, I have had that, many, that question so many times, and it is a very, very common question. And what I find from people who tend to ask that question um, is either they they are too afraid to even bring up the topic with their partner so and they think there's some magic thing they can say that's going to get their partner to just immediately go oh absolutely let's go Let, let's go f- fuck a whole bunch of people right. and because they don't really want to do the work um, or they have maybe mentioned it briefly and they didn't get a good reaction mm-hmm. and now they think okay what's the magic one sentence I can say. Um, and what I always tell people is that if, if you're not sure how to talk to your partner about it, um, the first step you might want to do is you might want to figure out what makes this important to you? What is it about your relationship that you're needing more of, that you're missing? Um, what is the reason that you want to actually get into the lifestyle? Because um, bef- before you approach your partner, you've got to be able to explain what makes this important, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and also depends on their partner. Uh, if your partner is a very rigid uh, person who tends to see things of they have to be this way or that way, uh, they don't like to be outside of the box. Uh, they wouldn't want to do things different than their friends do or their uh, families do, uh, you know, this may be a very difficult thing to bring up um, because they they are if they're not risk takers, this is going to be difficult to try to get them into. Um, but it's important for you to understand why you want to do this uh, before you even try and talk to them. Um, and 
and to be able to understand what, where they may be coming from because there's so many misconceptions about what the lifestyle is. Um, you know, we talk about, you know, because clearly both of you and, and I, I mean, we're, we're comfortable with going on lifestyle cruises. We're comfortable with orgies. You know, we've done all that. And, but that doesn't mean everybody in the lifestyle gets into orgies. Right. Um, so, that, you know, you have to talk to your partner about what would, they, what would they be comfortable with? Because you could certainly be in the lifestyle and never have an orgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you could know? be in and the so lifestyle and never have... Sex fuck, with, yeah. fuck another person, right? You because be you can in, be soft swap and you could be a voyeur right. and you could be an exhibitionist. Sure. You can just want to go and watch and that's still right. a part of the lifestyle. Just being Yeah, I know, I've known couples room. who are there and they never have sex with anyone else, but they love the energy. Mm-hmm. The uh, they love energy. the people, yeah. the erotic energy. They love all that, uh, but they don't necessarily have sex with anyone else. And that's certainly part of what might be an option for people. So, it's important to kind of understand that before you start approaching them. Yeah, and one of the um, things it's, it's I just want to take a little bit of work. One of the things I just want to point out is that very often I, you know, I always often also answer very clearly like you do. You have to talk to your partner and you have to find a way to figure out how you're going to do this. Oh, and I've already talked to her and she said no. And I've heard that so many times. So if she said right. no, then, you know, if she. I say she has to want to do this too. Can I it's just not back up? About you. Can I just back up for a second? Go ahead. And we're going to talk about that sure. myth about the man pushing the woman into the lifestyle in a second. But I, I, I noticed, Rhoda, that you were talking about having that conversation. And do you think the conversation is different if it's the woman bringing it up to the man or the man bringing it up to the woman? Not really. Um, it isn't necessary. I mean, I think stereotypically we have that belief that, you know, it's always the men who's who are wanting to get into swinging. Um, but yet studies are starting to show, surveys are starting to show that more and more women are the ones initiating it. In fact, some surveys will show it as high as 60% of women initiating it to their male partner. Mm-hmm, great. So... It isn't always the man who's the one initiating that. Um, I mean, I, I know it certainly wasn't in my marriage. I was the one initiating it. It wasn't him. And and I've certainly seen plenty of people. I've had women contact me about, I'm, I'm trying to get my husband to do this. I really want this. Um, and he's you know, very uh, traditional. It's not what he wants. And how, how can I get him to go into this? And so, well, David um, and I oftentimes were, it's, David it's, and I were kind is. of blessed that we actually got into it together. We actually were, we fell into the lifestyle together where we were both were on vacation and we were relaxed and we happened to be chatting with another couple. At first, we didn't know that they were swingers. And then it came out as the conversation got more and more uh, interesting and we asked more and more questions. And over the course of the next few days, we learned all about the swinging lifestyle and all different aspects and what they do and what other people do. And so after a few days, we both agreed, hey, let's give this a try. Sure, let's do it. it I don't even remember if it was me or him, but we were both totally intrigued and and into it from day one. So I kind of feel that we can't answer the question or whatever otherwise, because we don't know in our relationship which one actually started it, def- it, it first. It definitely wasn't me pushing you into Not it. Not at all. No, we learned about it together and we agreed, let's do this. This sounds like a whole lot of fun. This and is, we did this be cool. the next night and then... The night after with a different couple, the night after with another couple. We did three different couples on three different nights and haven't looked back since. Yeah, that's how we fell into the lifestyle. Right, and I think that's certainly the ideal. Yeah. If you can have that where both of you immediately are like, oh, this sounds like fun, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It often isn't that simple that a lot of the men or the women who want to do it and are either reluctant to ask their man or the man is reluctant to allow it to happen is because of jealousy, I'm pretty sure, or insecurity of the man who's afraid of maybe losing his wife. Um, and I think that's a real thing. Jealousy and insecurity are real feelings when it comes to sharing your partner. Oh, absolutely. They're very real things. Um, and for a number of reasons. I mean, partly just because... You know, even in a monogamous culture, we're we're taught that um, if you really love someone, then you're going to be jealous that if they even look at somebody else and and think somebody else is attractive, that of course you would be jealous. I'm like, 
No. <laughs> that's so much a part of our society mm-hmm. um, that we kind of perpetuate this whole notion that to be in love with someone, you you have to be jealous, you have to be insecure. Um, and, and really a, a solid relationship, you don't necessarily feel jealous and insecure unless something truly is actually happening. Unless your partner truly is thinking about leaving you for someone else, in which case jealousy is an appropriate emotion to be feeling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I know, Rhoda, you just recently put up a blog all about jealousy and insecurity, and we're going to put that blog up on our site. But you actually went through some of the um, strategies for dealing with it. Um, can we go over a couple of those? Sure, sure. Um you know, I mean, first of all, you have to make sure that you really know what your feeling is actually what jealousy is. Because, I mean, jealousy really is that feeling that you're you're being replaced. Um, because as a society, we tend to use the term incorrectly. Um, you, how many times have we seen on Facebook somebody post something about saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I've got a trip to Europe. And, and all of the comments are, oh, I'm so jealous. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. no, you're not jealous that your friend has a trip to Europe. You're envious because mm-hmm. they're word. going and you're not. Mm-hmm. It's a totally different word. It's a totally different emotion. Um, you know, jealousy really is that sense of whether it's your friend, whether it's your romantic partner, that you're being replaced by somebody else. Um, and if it's actually happening, it's an appropriate emotion to feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, if your partner is just noticing that somebody else is attractive, well, that that's not necessarily saying they're going to leave you for them. That's not saying you're not good enough. That's more about your own insecurity of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have to be able to understand what's going on there, um, which is different than if your partner actually is doing things you're that right, would indicate right. that maybe they are leaving you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, certainly I've sometimes seen it, well, I mean, sometimes with swinging, but also sometimes with people who are in polyamory where they, they have this other partner and they're really paying so much more quality attention to the new partner than they are to their original partner, which then does kind of beg that question of, you know, are you wanting to replace me? Do you like that other person better than me? Because, you know, you you take could them happen. out it to a nice be. dinner yeah, and yeah, yeah, and and we go to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Um, now I remember when we first so, got into the lifestyle, yeah. David and myself, where uh, we we met Dr. Jess O'Reilly early on in our um, journey in the lifestyle, and she's been a guest on our show many many times, and she just has done lots of workshops at Desire, and that's where we met her. And so I felt kind of close enough to take her aside one time. Maybe we've known her for a couple of years, and I wanted to ask her why I don't feel jealous when I watch David fucking another woman. I thought there was something maybe wrong with me because I didn't feel jealousy. Because again, like you said, it's probably just a social construct that makes us feel jealousy because we've been told we should feel jealous. And I thought maybe there was something wrong with me because I didn't feel that jealousy. But she made it very clear that um, I'm very secure in my relationship. And she also did say that even though I don't notice a jealous moment when I see David fucking somebody else, that it's such a fleeting moment because I am so secure in our relationship that jealousy might be there and so fleeting that you don't even notice it, that it's not an issue in any way. So it's not a negative thing at all. And so um, that, that made me feel a lot better and, and made me understand more my situation. Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think if you do feel very secure in your relationship, you're not really feeling jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, but you might be feeling different emotions that some of which I don't even think we necessarily have words for in the English language. Um, you know, I remember there have been times when my husband and I have been at a, a swinging event and he's flirting with another woman. He's um, kissing her. I mean, literally right in front of me. I mean, he's three feet away. And I'm, I'm looking at him going, okay, I'm not jealous. I don't think he's going to run off with this woman. I, I really am not concerned about my place in his, in his life, in his heart. But yet, 
it feels very strange to watch mm-hmm. my husband mm-hmm. make out with this other woman <laughs> three feet away from me. Yeah. It is strange. You're you know, right. Like, yeah. So you pulled down his pants and yeah. started giving him a blowjob while she was he was kissing the other woman, and then it became a little it orgy. Came fine. Exactly, and everything's good. <laughs> well, you know that has happened too, but but, but sometimes not. Because sometimes of, like it's they're kind of in their own little moment, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm just gonna let them have their moment. It's almost like a new world yeah. when you see your partner with somebody else. It, it it definitely is a new world. It's not something you're used to because, you know, you're so tight with your partner. You're not used to seeing them give affection to somebody else. And it's different when you see that happening for real. I can remember the first time I saw David fucking somebody, like for the very first time. We always play side by side. That's our thing. We always do same room, same bed, same pile. But one time I got sure. I tapped out for a little bit and I just sat on the couch and I watched David continue with the woman kind of on the floor it was kind of couches around a, a play mat on the floor and then seeing him from above where I was not actually fucking anybody else myself or kissing or touching anyone else I was just sitting there and watching and that was the first time that I had actually seen him fucking somebody else and it was different it was like a new world and you're right it wasn't jealousy that I felt it at all but it was definitely different it was not I would say not what you're used to seeing no, it it is really not what you're used to seeing. Um, and it can be a very mix of things. You might really enjoy watching them, seeing them um, have a good time, um, seeing them do things that either you've experienced with them, uh, or even sometimes in, you might see, happen to see them do something that they've never even done with you, but they've learned somewhere mm-hmm. along the way. Mm-hmm. And it's like, whoa, well, that's new. Mm-hmm. That's different. <laughs> yeah. and, and and we've certainly had those experiences where we've been playing with a couple and all of a sudden he'll do something and I'll look at him like, where did you learn that? Because <laughs> yeah. you didn't and learn it from more. me. <laughs> and I want more. We love learning. I mean, Carol learns how to give better blowjobs all the time. I just learned how to lick pussy a little bit differently, even if, if sometimes when we're taking a video of it. Um I mean, the lifestyle is all about learning and we go to workshops all the time and expanding and meeting new people. And um, it's it's just so invigorating being with like-minded people who are open-minded, you can have great conversations with. And um, it's it's just so nice that you have this, this practice that you help people understand the lifestyle because there are people, like you said earlier, who come in who haven't spoken about it and could very easily crash and burn. So why don't we just talk two minutes because, you know, we can go on for hours. But what do you what has come up in your world are, you know, a couple, two or three of the mistakes couples make when they want to get started in the lifestyle? Um, I think that's a good thing to talk about because uh, there are some real common mistakes that people tend to make. Um, I, I think the big ones really all relate to the fact that, you know, we, we get into this because we want more variety. We want that sexual freedom. Um, we want the fun that we either we, we think other people are having or if we've met people who are swingers and they're talking about their life and, and how it works. And it sounds so much fun, which, I mean, it is. It is, yes. <laughs> but, we, yeah. And we're like, oh, we should just jump right into the deep end of the pool and do that. And I think that's sometimes the big mistakes that people make is that, you know, they don't really consider all of the different things that they have to think about. Um, You know, they don't think about their own um, personalities, not only just their general personality, but their sexual personality um, as to like which type of open relationship really might be the best fit for them um, and, and who they are. Um, because some of us do really well with the swinging lifestyle and other people are much more uh, fit for some type of polyamory um, or some very unique type of open relationship that might be a combination of the two. So you have to you know, consider those things um, as well as all the things you've learned in your life. You know, we forget about the fact that for, from – very early on, we've been learning about sex and love and relationships from our families, throughout school, 
from our, the society at large, from the media, and it's all about monogamy. Mm-hmm. It's all about how to be in a monogamous relationship. And so now if you're going to change that, well, the way you have to think about things is completely different. Um, a lot of the rules that work for monogamy do not work in the swinging lifestyle. Um, you know, that kind of concept that you're immediately going to be jealous if your partner says that they think, you know, that certain person Looks has cool. such a great ass yeah, and exactly. great tits. look at those legs yeah, or, you know, look at his chest. I'm like, oh, my God, he's so hot. Um you know, in monogamy, people are going to be all like, what are you talking about? Why would you say such a thing? Right. Where we're going to very openly talk about that and, and acknowledge that and what we like about somebody else. And it doesn't necessarily, we don't think of it as taking away from the partner we have. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if you don't think about that, it, it can make a big difference. Um as well as understanding, you know, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make early on uh, is they, they think they have to make a whole bunch of rules. Um, and, and yes, you want to have some kind of understanding and expectations of how this is going to work for you, which will shift and change as you go along. Um, but people get so much into, well, we have these rules. Well, rules oftentimes, the problem with them is that people say, I, I need this X rule. And they don't ever go any deeper with it. You know, they don't discuss it any deeper. It's just kind of like, oh, in case for this to go forward, I, I need this. Just give an example, Rhoda, what, what type of rule. Um, let's see, a rule would be, um, we, only, we only play together on the same bed. Okay. Kind of like you were saying earlier. Um, and then, yeah. And, you know, that may sound good initially in practice and somebody will just say, oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's fine. Without ever thinking through, hmm, well, what about this situation? Um, we're at a party and you're off talking to someone and I meet this person who I think is really hot and we're still at the same party. Mm-hmm. Is it okay? You know, they never really go any deeper with it. And then suddenly they're in trouble and now the other person's upset and they have a big fight over it. Where sometimes you have to go a little bit deeper with what the rule means. What what is the reason for it? Right. Um, you know, if if you're if you're only is are you wanting to play together because you you feed off the excitement of watching each other? Or are you so afraid and insecure that your partner's gonna do something without you that they wouldn't do in front of you? Like you can't trust them. To not abide by your agreements. Right. You know, what's the deeper issues underneath? And that's, I think, a big mistake that people make um, is is making sure that the rules are things that they can really live with. But I really feel that we should be checking in with each other regularly throughout the evening, especially at the beginning. So even if you didn't have a rule, you you would learn soon enough which things work or which things feel good and which things feel scary and which things feel too uh you know too easy and which things feel too hard and you can get a feeling for that you know very quickly into this lifestyle and which you can then apply going forward if this feels good let's continue with that if this feels scary let's avoid that for now like you're saying the deeper meaning rather than just making a blank rule yeah. And and if it feels scary, it's like, well, let's talk about it. What mm-hmm. makes it scary? Mm-hmm. What are you afraid is going to happen? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's all. So, all of um, this is really, yeah. really good stuff. Uh, let's just um, take a second then to remind everybody that we are Carol and David, and we're having an amazing discussion with author and sex coach, Dr. Rhoda Lipscomb. And coming up next is our favorite segment, Great Sex Matters. Stay tuned. So are you interested in vaginal rejuvenation and sexual health? It's a topic that we want to talk about more because how we look and how we feel make a huge difference in the way we live sexy. The company Lumisk has developed an easy treatment system for vaginal rejuvenation. It's a product that you can use on yourself and at home. It's a carboxy gel called CO2 Lift V. You simply mix together two packets of gel and apply it to your vulva and inside your vagina before bedtime and then rinse it out in the morning. The gel infuses CO2 into the skin to encourage blood flow. 
It promotes healing and cell regeneration, and the great thing is that there's no discomfort or downtime. This CO2 Lift V treatment keeps your vaginal tissue healthy and happy. It increases lubrication and sensation and makes sex more fun at any age. After you finish the initial course of weekly treatments, you can easily maintain your results with applications once a month. Also, it's a sure way to snap back after a long night of great sex. For more information, visit CO2Lift.com, buy yours today, and get a 15% discount if you use promo code SEXYLIFE at checkout. That's S-E-X-Y-L-I-F-E. Great sex starts now. And remember, if you're looking for an online open-minded community to meet compatible people in your area, you should go to sdc.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free. So check it out. This is The Sexy Lifestyle with Carolyn David, and now for our favorite part of the show, where we get to talk about great sex because... Great sex matters, and we all deserve it. And, you know, we love to get down and dirty with our guests and ask them all about their relationship status and how they enjoy great sex. Dr. Rhoda is no exception. No, very few of our guests are exceptions. (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Rhoda, why why don't you tell us how you got into your swinging journey? Uh, Sure. Um, You know, my swinging journey uh, is definitely a little bit different than what you guys described as yours. Um, My husband and I have been together for nearly 20 years. And, you know, like most people at the beginning, you know, sex was great and sex was hot. Um, But then very quickly, we started realizing that there were some difficulties between us sexually. And we could never figure them out. And we, we did all of the things you normally do. We went to therapists and sex therapists and tantra retreats and personal growth retreats and anything I could think of. Um, trying to figure out what what happened. Um, and after a while, we ended up separating uh, just because we could not figure out. We, we loved each other dearly. We had a great foundation, a very strong foundation. We were each other's best friends, uh, but we couldn't figure out this sex thing. And, you know, the common belief often is that, well, if the sex is not working, then you just have to, you just have to give up. Uh, but we didn't want to do that, but we didn't know how to fix it. And, and during that separation, I had was seeing somebody and we decided to sw- swap with another partner, another couple once, uh, something I'd never done, but he suggested it. I thought, well, why not? Let's, let's try it. I don't know if I'll like it. And we discovered we both really loved it. And so we spent a lot of the time that we were seeing each other um, in the swinging community and after a while, my husband and I decided to put our marriage back together. And when we did, I, I was very honest with him about how what I'd been doing and that, look, you can let me do this and we'll figure everything else out, but I don't want to hide it, or you can do it with me. And he decided he wanted to do it with me. So I went about going, figuring out, okay, well, we got to... I, I'm not going to just throw you into the deep end of the pool because that doesn't sound like a great idea. And so went about very slowly kind of easing him into it, taking him to events. Um, and my husband is a, a wonderful man. He's a salesman. He can talk to anybody. Uh, but he had been raised, you know, with pretty traditional monogamous values and um, in in that area of life ha- was had not been very adventurous. Uh, and so I didn't want to overwhelm him. Um, I remember the, f- the first meet and greet I took him to, he was so afraid mm. that, you know, these people were going to be this wild group of people who were going to like rip off his clothes <laughs> the moment he walked in the door and he's going to be thrown into some huge orgy pile. And, um, you know, and of course it was nothing like that at all. And, um, you know, he, he figured out very quickly that it's like, oh, these people are just like us. They're, you know, they're, they have families, they have careers, uh, they're perfectly nice people. They just like to have sex in different ways. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it didn't take very long before he has become the consummate swinger. Um, I, I sometimes joke that I've created a monster. <laughs> but, <laughs> 
one of my favorite stories about telling about him was like about a year afterwards for the first time we went to Desire in um, outside of Cancun. And, and I'm guessing you guys have probably been to Desire. Yeah, and times. there's this very large hot tub on top of one of the buildings. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it's what, I don't know, a 50-person hot tub, yeah. and it's yeah. got a bar at one end. And it's huge. And we were both there just chatting with people around 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon when it's really packed and hopping. And I'm just chatting with some people, and I look over, and there's my husband who has – some woman on the edge of the hot tub with his face buried between her legs. Mm. And I'm like, oh, okay, good. He's he's having fun. He's fitting right in. And I look back. <laughs> he's fitting right in. Oh, I don't have to worry about him. And I go back to talking to whoever I was talking to, and I turn back again, and now he has a second woman on the edge of the hot uh-huh. tub. There you go. And and the second became a third, and uh-huh. the third became a fourth, and and. I, I counted at least five. Uh, <laughs> feeling very comfortable. And so finally, it was, he was feeling very comfortable. And we got ready to go to dinner. And I'm like, okay, honey, we got to go. We got to go get dressed and get to dinner. And we're walking down the stairs. And I looked at him and I'm like, five? You had five women <laughs> on the edge of the hot tub? I'm like, my God, you had the pussy buffet. <laughs> And he just kind of looked at me with this kind of shy little look like, yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You do not get to give me this shy little look. <laughs> like, like, you have graduated. Right. Like, fly, yeah. little bird, fly, because <laughs> I am so not fun. worrying about you anymore. <laughs> that is fun. Actually, um, I can remember a similar story, but when we first went to Desire the very first time, we visited just for a day, and then we decided to go back for a whole week. And when we went back for that whole week was our, our first time really for a whole week in a lifestyle resort like that. We Where we found out um, all about the lifestyle was at Temptation, which isn't is, isn't the same thing. So I was a little bit nervous, sure. and I said to David, now you, you can't be pushing me now. When I get there, I'm going to take my time, and you know, don't just say, okay, Carol, up on the side of the pool, I want to lick your pussy. And no, 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 I'm just going to take my time, and when I'm ready, I'm going to let you know. And I think it was within maybe five minutes of getting there, I jumped up on the side, okay, I'm ready now. Well, that's <laughs> because there was five other, six other women up there having their pussies licked too. I just wanted to give myself a chance to, you know, not be pushed and not feel I had to do it. And but it's so comforting that it just feels natural that I I didn't even hesitate within five minutes. I was there. And it's so cool because, um, you know, you have women sitting up on the side of the hot tub and guys sitting up there and there's blowjobs rotating, like you said, a pussy buffet and a blowjob buffet. But the cool thing is, and you know, the rules in the lifestyle are ask first, no means no. And if you don't get an enthusiastic Absolutely. yes, it's a no. But everybody was asking, everybody was consensual, everybody was having a great time. And it was just one of those moments that we remember forever. And and it's something we carry with us um, now 12, 13 years later about how respectful everybody in the lifestyle is. Yeah, I would say, and most people are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it is. Most people have figured that out. Um, I will often say that occasionally I run into, it's usually not men who are disrespectful in the lifestyle. Um, I would say in the last few years, I've run into more and more women mm, me too. who are very disrespectful yeah. in the lifestyle. And they have, you know, because not all women in the lifestyle are bisexual. Mm-hmm. Many That's are, right. but not all of us are. Um, and there are women who will come up and just want to grope and grab and think, well, I'm a woman, I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the rules exactly. do still apply to women. Yeah. You still have to ask. You can't assume that every woman is bisexual and, or the, even the ones that are that they necessarily want to play with you. Right. And also there's a lot of guys who are packing who might have that six pack and a beautiful body and look like Statue of David and guys will just come up to him, grab his cock. He's not, without even asking, he's not just there for you to grab either. You know mm. what I mean? It's not just right. the women who don't like it. Women can't just go up and grab other women and they certainly cannot go up and grab other men without asking. And it really doesn't happen Absolutely. often. No, it doesn't happen often. Just we, we know no, that. and it doesn't women happen should, often. Yeah, women should also be respecting the rules is all we're kind of say here, which I think it's true. But, you know, yeah. one of the other reasons that a lot of people get into the lifestyle or want to get into the lifestyle is to fulfill a fantasy. And so many people have those fantasies, threesomes, orgies, that kind of thing. And I think that's 
a great reason to get into lifestyle so you can fulfill and share those fantasies with your partner. What would you say is one of your favorite fantasies? Oh, boy, do I really want to share that? <laughs> oh, what the heck? I, I will. Um, um, you know, I, I've, I learned a long time. I've had this fantasy since I was very young. Um, and like many people who have fantasies that are kind of different, um, I, always, I for years thought I was the only woman who felt this way. Thankfully, I've learned throughout life that I'm not. Um, and I tend to attract the most heterosexual men on the planet. <laughs> okay. Um, and yet, <laughs> and yet I just have this huge fantasy about being with several bisexual men. There you go. Uh, that's, that's I, just I my do thing. Too. And, and thankfully <laughs> being in the lifestyle is one of the things that I've like been able to do that. And my husband doesn't have to be a part of it. He's like, right. go, I know. go, go play with your friends. That's you know, so I don't, he doesn't have to be a part of it. And, I get to do it. And yeah, I've had some amazing experiences with me in three or four. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. Admit it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Cause I, and I'm not really bisexual. I will say that there've been women who are an exception to the rule that I can't explain why I like them, but there have been, but mm-hmm. um, often when I'm on swinger cruises and the girl and the women will be talking about, oh, let's have a girl pile. I'm like, okay, you women go have the girl right. pile, and I'll take your husbands and yeah. keep them occupied. I usually say I'm not bisexual, <laughs> but I'm bi friendly, I'm bi situational, I'm bi selfish, uh, what, whatever works. But I'm not out there looking for women, but I'm certainly not pushing them away if um, if I feel the chemistry works. Yeah. Yeah, I I almost now understand the people who talk about being um, like omnisexual or pansexual, mm-hmm. where they talk about it's not it's not really related to gender or genitals. It's, it's something person. about the person. Right, right, exactly. It's no, the person. Right. It's the way their sexuality comes out, and that's kind of how I feel about the that rare woman that I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you, Fit. you we're so, on. Yeah. Um, and, the rest of you, no, sorry. <laughs> no, that's You're my cool. friends. I love you dearly, but no, I can't go there. <laughs> so, Rhoda, we've come to this part of our so, show. It's gone so quickly. I can't believe we're coming so to the end, but let's end up with some final advice. What would you say would be okay. the top two things, maybe even the first two things that a couple must do before they embark on their own swinger journey? Okay. Um, the top two things I would say is, is number one, they need to have a good discussion about what, what are their reasoning for wanting to do this? You know, is it, is it really just to have that variety and that freedom and have more fun together? Or are they trying to replace something that they don't have? Um, so that they have a good understanding of why they want to embark on this new journey together. Um, as as well as really looking at where is the foundation of their relationship at? How strong and healthy is their relationship foundation? Um, do they do they do well with conflict? Uh, are they able to really discuss difficult problems and process them together? Um, how do they manage all of that? Are there any unresolved issues? Are, are there unresolved affairs that they've just swept under the rug and never dealt with? Um, unresolved issues with their kids, with other aspects of their life? Um, because unfortunately, all those things are going to come up yeah, when you get into this absolutely. if you haven't already dealt with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to say that if that getting into this, if there's any cracks in your relationship foundation, this is going to shine a big, bright spotlight right on them. You got it. Um, so getting that out ahead of time will make your journey much easier and much more fun. Uh, which is what you want, ideally. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Rhoda, I'm sure we can go on for hours and hours, and you can, you're welcome to come back at any time. Thank you. I'd love to come back again. Beautiful. And, you know, thanks so much for selling, sharing all that great, credible information because there is a lot of crap information out there. Um, why don't you tell everyone how they can find you online, social media, and your website? Oh, yes. Uh, my website is pretty easy. It's drrhoda.com. So D-R-R-H-O-D-A. 
com. Um, you can also find me on Facebook. I have a, a Facebook page, just Dr. Rhoda, uh, as well as a private uh, Facebook group for people who are interested in um, learning about those early stages of how to get into open relationships. Um, and it's called Monogamy to Open, so to the number two. Um, and it's a private group, so it's not going to show up on any of your other uh, groups that your friends are going to see. Um, and people can join, and um, I have videos and different information that I post every week, as well as uh, learning from the rest of the group and the people in there who are varying levels of experience. Mm, that sounds great. Wow, that's great. And of course, if you missed any of this information, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where every one of our guests has their own guest page with all of their information. You can even contact them directly there if you have any question about uh, their work or where to find their work. Absolutely. And every week, like we did this week, we're learning more and more from all our great guests. We hope you do too. And you know, if you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolanddavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. Dr. Rhoda, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. Our pleasure. And let's thank all our listeners out there for listening as well. And you can join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health and pleasure, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Well, that's it for our show today. Carol and I send you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe. And of course, stay sexy, everybody. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 